This episode was made possible by contributions from listeners like you. PCPS memberships on Patreon support the work of your pop culture preservationists and keep the podcast independent, authentic, and most importantly, operational. Welcome to an encore of one of the most enlightening episodes we've ever done. One we did way back in season one. This was episode 11 from February oh my 2021, you guys. We're it was just babies. 11. I know. We were. And it was called Are You the Mary or the Rhoda? So as you'll hear in the episode, it started, this whole idea started with a scene in Romy and Michelle's high school reunion where they sort of say the quiet part out loud and reveal that this whole time, since 1977, we have been classifying ourselves as either a Mary or a Rhoda. Oftentimes we were just doing it in our own head. We didn't realize that other people were doing it too, but we do. And what our conversation reveals is that what we believe about ourselves is often not what people see. So we get into the nitty gritty of who we think each of us is. Who is Kristen? Is she the Mary or, you know, and it it was very surprising, extremely surprising because we all very strongly think we're one. And Mm -hmm. as a group, the other people would be like, why do you think that? (laughs) I tell you guys, I go back to this episode so often in my head because, well, I don't know, I'm maybe going to spoil it right now, but let's just say you can hear the discussion. I thought I was Rhoda. And Kristen thought I was a Mary. Oh my gosh. I still to this day have to like remind myself like, oh my gosh, some people in the world think you're a Mary, Carolyn. You've got them all fooled to the <laughs> degree. Wait, but the way you just said it, she thought I was a Mary. Like it's a horrible thing because no, oh, no, 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 she's no. excited. I was so honored. Yes. No, I was so like, I cannot believe she thinks I'm a Mary. Not in a bad way. Like, in yeah. a, oh, okay, I good, am good, like. Good in shock and I can't believe it and I feel like I pulled the wool over everyone's <laughs> eyes but then I thought well isn't that what it's about who cares what I think right. else thinks I'm the Mary well and I'm the Mary. other thing that's interesting about that is that it sort of shows how there are different judgments about which one is more desirable right and yeah. I thought one was desirable and the other one was not desirable but then other people think it's the opposite and then we judge ourselves accordingly it's really really interesting oh. it's the most interesting psychological experiment ever <laughs> well, it, it is. is and I feel like it's apples and oranges like I don't think it you is. Can compare the two mm-hmm. I love both of them equally right. but for I different do too. reasons yeah right well I also want to know this was episode 11 right you said Michelle yeah, yeah. now that we've done over 125 episodes mm-hmm. I'm wondering if we redid this, um, we've gotten to know each other a little bit better. We've seen um, kind of behind the curtain a little more of our, each other's personalities and work habits. Would we still say the same thing about each other and the same I'm thing about ourselves? Firm. Carolyn, okay. I am holding very firm on who I think you are. <laughs> okay. I really do. Would you, wouldn't you have switched? Like I am, st- I'm not going to do any spoilers, but please right. tell me you, I, I just don't see how, like, if you know me, you would think I'm one and not the other. Well, and that's, that's one, there's the inner Michelle and there's the outer Michelle. And those might be two, you might be Mary Mm -hmm. on the inside and Rhoda on the outside. Yeah. Yeah, We've really gotten to know each other's innards. Personalities is what she's saying. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right. I mean, we've seen, again, we've seen a little more behind the curtain over these 125 Mm -hmm. episodes Mm -hmm. than 11. So, I mean, we were friends when we started, but I think this whole, the past two and a half years has deepened our, um, our knowledge and our understanding of each other. Mm-hmm. For sure. You don't spend this much time together without <laughs> seeing the nitty gritty. Yeah. You see it it's, all. It's so true. So this past March of 2023, for those of you who are listening to this <clears throat> in like, I don't know, 2033, <laughs> a fabulous documentary of Mary Tyler Moore's life was released on HBO called Being Mary Tyler Moore. And the three of us were fortunate to go to the Minneapolis screening that was also attended by the man who directed it. James Adolphus. And James Adolphus is an Emmy award-winning director and producer and a three-time Peabody award-winning cinematographer. And he really made just a beautiful film and tribute to Mary's life and work. Yeah. And it was really quite serious. Um, He was giving us a peek into who she was in private in her heart, which was something that we never really saw. With a lot of performers, you do get to see who that person is, even if it's just in People Magazine or if they're on variety shows or something. But she was a highly guarded person, and she kept 
really the majority of her life and her personhood extremely private. Mm -hmm. And what you saw on the outside was Mary Richards or Laura Petrie. It was not Mary Tyler Moore. She was playing characters and she was doing it very, very well. But Mary Richards was so iconic that we viewers really thought that Mary Tyler Moore was Mary Richards. And right. that's what mm-hmm. I came away from the documentary thinking. We all think she's Mary Richards. Right. And she's not. He did um, some really interesting work on her later in life soulmate, her country home surrounded by animals. Mm-hmm. It was very interesting to see Mary Tyler Moore with no false eyelashes. It oh, was yes. shocking because, it, again, that's showing you how there was a, a public face for her. You never saw her without – it's not just full makeup. It's the eyelashes. Yeah. Because she was so shockingly different. Still beautiful, of course, but she's standing in a field next to a horse with no eyelashes, and you're like, who's that lady? (laughs) Well, that would be Mary Tyler Moore. He interviewed a lot of very important people who were very close to her in the making of the show, including Susan Silver, who was one of the writers for the Mary Tyler Moore show. And we were privileged, so extremely privileged, to interview Susan about her experience working on the show. And so to hear her voice in the documentary... (laughs) was yes. thrilling. Yeah. It was absolutely thrilling. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I felt like I was that much closer to being, you know, a celebrity. Yeah, we had rubbed shoulders with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, the interviews they did with um, people she'd worked with, um, family members, friends. It was you got this really unique picture of what Mary Tyler Moore was like. But one of the things was interesting. Um, I never, we never saw Dick Van Dyke at all mm. in the episode. And Rob so Petrie. It, yes, Rob Petrie. And, uh, we were fortunate enough that James Adolphus, the, um, director that Michelle just mentioned, he did a Q and A after the screening and we were all, anyone could ask a question. And I actually got to ask the very last one and I asked him, why wasn't Dick Van Dyke in uh, any interviews? Why didn't you interview Dick Van Dyke for this documentary? And his answer was very interesting. So when I asked him, he said, oh, Dick Van Dyke very much wanted to be interviewed for the documentary. And he said they were texting back and forth. And it became apparent that the reason Dick Van Dyke was not going to be able to do an interview is because his now partner was very jealous of Mary Tyler Moore and did not want him to be talking about her, did not want him to have anything to do with this documentary. And so because of that, and I think she kind of runs the show, um, Dick Van Dyke never was able to give an interview for the show. And it was missing. Like it felt like something was missing. Right. That that was such a huge part of her career and her growth, and they were very close. And it was also kind of shocking because this is a woman who has been gone for how many years? And they worked together almost 60 years ago. And here's a woman who says, no, you can't even talk Mm -mm. about her. She's not, it was, it was a little bizarre, I'll be honest. Yeah, no, it it was an, um, Disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. Disappointing. It's disappointing. Yes. Very disappointing. Well, but despite that, it is really such a wonderful film, being Mary Tyler Moore. And it's now available on several streaming platforms, if you haven't seen it yet. Hulu, Max, Amazon Prime, I believe. And we'll share all of that information in this week's Weekly Reader, as well as our great episode with trailblazing TV writer Susan Silver, who we just really adore. Right? Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. She She's is a gem. Uh, but for now, we hope you enjoy this fun conversation, an encore of episode 11 Are You the Mary or the Rhoda? And let us know which one you are. Maybe Mary was hiding behind her perkiness, and Rhoda was hiding behind yes. her humor. Mm-hmm. I think we just nailed it, you guys. Hello, world, there's a song that we're singing. Come on, get happy. Welcome to the Pop Culture Preservation Society, the podcast for people born in the big wheel generation who wore tube socks with their earth shoes on their way to the roller rink. We believe our Gen X childhoods gave us unforgettable songs, stories, characters, and images. And if we don't talk about them, they'll disappear like Marshall, Will, and Holly on a routine expedition. Today, we will be saving the queens of Galentine's Day, our best friends Mary Richards and Rhoda Morgenstern. The question is, are you the Mary or the Rhoda? I'm Carolyn. 
I'm Kristen. And I'm Michelle. And we are your pop culture preservationists. In Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion, one of the first buddy comedies that dared to feature female buddies, the movie features a friend fight that said the quiet part out loud. Their fight reveals what we'd all been doing the whole time, measuring ourselves against the yardstick of one of the most iconic friendships in television history. Let's be honest. I let you have the ideas. What? Yeah, I let you have the ideas so you won't feel so bad that I'm cuter. You are not cuter, Michelle. I am so cuter. It's like common knowledge, Romy. Everybody thinks so. I'm the Mary and you're the Rhoda. That's ridiculous. You're the Rhoda. You're the Jewish one. Oh, my God. I'm talking cuteness-wise, Romy, okay? And cuteness-wise, I'm the Mary. That's crazy. You have absolutely no proof that you're cuter. Who can turn the world on with her smile? Who can take a nothing day? Suddenly make it all seem so which one are you? In order to figure that out, maybe we should start with some definitions. Knowing, of course, that we all see these characters through our own personal lenses. One person's Mary is another person's Rhoda. But we all feel naturally aligned with one or the other. So, Michelle, why don't you start us off with your definition, your personal definition of Mary Richards? All right. So I sat down the other day, you guys, um, to think of how I define Mary. And within a minute, I had a list of over 20 qualities. Wow. <laughs> so I want to see if you guys agree with me, okay? Okay. Okay. All right. So Mary is first and foremost a good girl. She's honest, polite, moral, driven, and is known to be somewhat emotional. <laughs> Mary is a people pleaser, a rule follower, an eternal optimist, and a peacekeeper. She hates conflict isn't the best at being in charge or making decisions, and has a hard time setting boundaries. Mary wants everyone to like her, everyone to get along, and most importantly, she wants everyone to be happy. Oh, yes, she does. You learn everything you need to know about Mary just by listening to the theme song. And one of the words that I kept seeing over and over again was effervescent. And so it's sort of the theme song, if you think about it, it ends with her effervescently tossing mm-hmm. her hair, her hair, tossing her hat in the air, which signals her graduation sort of okay. into this new mm-hmm. big girl life in the big city. She's a single girl with this big job in the big mm-hmm. city. But I just think about scene by scene in the theme song that tells you everything you need to know. You're right. It does. She's glass half full. But like I said, if if you kind of put everything under the umbrella of she's mm-hmm. the good girl, she's kind of the perennial. Yeah. Um, she's the, you know, I mean, I feel like it's almost, isn't it? She's a Mary is almost like become like part of our vernacular. So if you said Absolutely to someone right is. now, oh, you're like such a Mary. I think you know what that they meant. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you know, you're, you're the people pleaser, the the happy go lucky, the spunky. Yeah. You know, I oh feel spunky! Like, Did you have that yeah. on your list? Yeah, uh, you no, got not on spunk. Yeah, yeah, right. I spunk. hate yeah, spunk. spunk. <laughs> That's episode one, isn't it? Is it? <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. It's it is. episode one. Yeah, she's she's just yeah, spunk and pluck. You know, she's she's, pluck. she's plucky. You know what you didn't say, Michelle? Hmm. Pretty. That's also important that you didn't put that on your list. Well, because when, I'll, and I'll talk about this in a little bit, but when I'm thinking of Mary and Rhoda, I am not thinking at all of physical quali- of physical characteristics. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, we have our Mary, then we have to talk about our Rhoda. And there's so much out there about Rhoda. And Lena Dunham, who was the creator of Girls on HBO, she wrote an article in The New Yorker about everything she learned from the Mary Tyler Moore show, which, you know, you think about girls, you don't really equate it with Mary Tyler Moore, but she's like, oh, mm-hmm. So... This is what she says. We're Rhoda's, her mother said, presumably because of their East Coast Jewish status and propensity for creatively placed headwear. Those are her words, not mine. But this proves that this is something that we think about, right? We mm-hmm. Are you the Mary? Are you the Rhoda? You can take each of the characters on the show Girls and you can ask which of those uber millennial characters resembled their early 70s counterparts. So, Carolyn, let's pivot to you. Let's talk about Rhoda. How do you define Rhoda? You know, I feel like Rhoda is a little more maybe multidimensional even than Mary is. She um 
is colorful. She's quirky. She's sassy. She's a little loud. She's honest, spontaneous. I feel like she floats between confidence and insecurity. Mm-hmm. As a friend, she is reliable, she's forgiving, and she is understanding. But for me, I'd say that her most defining quality is her sense of humor and the way she strategically and cleverly uses it. Sometimes it's to cheer Mary up. Um, other times it's to diffuse maybe a tense situation. Um, but most often, I think it's her self-deprecating humor that she mm-hmm. uses, and that's perhaps her most consistent quality, and when we kind of learn the most about her, because underneath her kind of brash, self-assured exterior, she's really like so many of us, I think, in that she's unsure, a little insecure, and worried about what others might think, and not sure she really measures up to what society is saying is the ideal. So So, like a lot of people then, she hides behind humor. She does. Mm -hmm. And she's on the show because she's funny, and she's meant to be the comedic foil, but at the same time, there's very some, there's something underneath that that is hiding behind exactly. the humor. Exactly. Um, I see. I see um, uh, what all that stuff you just said, Carolyn. I see that as super defining for her. Like mm-hmm. that she. Um, I see Rhoda as being having like very low um, self esteem, and she just doesn't have a lot of confidence. So she absolutely does cover it up with a lot of other stuff, and she's. Um, she's, she's fun and impulsive. And, um, she's kind of the one who, especially between the two of them, she doesn't take any shit, Mm -hmm. you know, she's not gonna, she's not gonna let, she's not gonna people please um, at all. No, especially with her parents. Exactly. (laughs) She might do. So the whole reason that she's in Minneapolis is because she's breaking the rules. She's doing things her own way. She's not doing the people pleasing thing that Mary is doing. She has nobody to please except herself. And Mm -hmm. then ironically, you kind of get the feeling that she's not living up to her own standards. Oh, yeah. Definitely. definitely. Um, did you know, you guys, did you know, maybe I'm late to the party on this one. Did you know that Valerie Harper was married to Chuckles the Clown? I read that last night. <laughs> no, as a matter of fact. I'm serious. I know. How did we not know that? I, I wouldn't have known it either had I not uh-uh. read that. So um, Chuckles the Clown is also, I didn't pick up on this either, is Howard Arnell. Who is a recurring character who's got, he's hung up on Mary and she can't get rid of him. He's the guy that she can't shake. And so the guy who's hung up oh, on Mary really? is Valerie Harper's husband. Yeah, because <gasps> it said he was in there in the show several times. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, and Howard Arnell and Chuckles the Clown are the same guy. Okay, so we have Mary. The um, yeah, the more you know. Do, do, do. Um, so they set these two characters up to be opposites. Right? That's mm-hmm. a classic sitcom trope. And yet they become TV's best, best friends. So how is it that they made that work? Or why does it work? Why does it work to have these opposite well, women end up being such good friends? Because they balance each other out. I mean, they, for one of, for, you know, while Mary is the people pleaser and Rhoda isn't, they both need that opposite. It's kind of the yin and yang. You know, they, they, they need the qualities the other one has that they don't. They're two sides I of think. the same coin. Yeah, yeah. They mm-hmm. have a lot in common, but they have, I think, more not in common. And mm-hmm. I think, but but instead of that pushing them apart, it complements them. I agree. And or I they think, choose to make it complement them, maybe. Yeah. Well, and I think they have this um, sixth sense that I, sometimes I think really good relationships have and are able to sense when maybe that quality that we associate with the Rhoda um, is maybe not there right now, like the positive quality. And Mary can kind of take on that quality. Like mm-hmm. Rhoda has modeled that so much for her that she knows when maybe Rhoda needs that from Mary. And Mary, and I feel vice versa, Rhoda can take on some of Mary's qualities mm-hmm. when she feels Mary is acting like a Rhoda, if that makes yeah. sense. They have <laughs> yeah. that ability to... um to pick up on that. And I really think a good marriage, good friendships, all things um, like that, those relationships require that ability to sense that and be able mm-hmm. to kind of pivot. Well, and I think that all of that works because the show was written by women. Yes. <laughs> right? It was one of the first sitcoms to have a f- have female writers on the staff. Mm-hmm. That just wasn't a thing back then. And so think about it. If it, One reason that it, that it works is because they... Um, are not allowed to become caricatures. 
right? They So they didn't devolve into cat fights. I think if it were written by men, would they have these two opposite women like going at each other's throats? Um, but no, that's not how women behave. That's not how a female friendship grows. And so the fact that they have women in the writer's room, they can show how a female friendship grows in the natural habitat, right? <laughs> that's right. Mm-hmm. But you even see... Um, signs of women in the writer's room like these are things that i just hadn't picked up on before they they drop in things about periods here and there in 1970 right um the male writing room would never have said something about oh yeah once a month ha 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 right that never would have happened so and with Rhoda in particular that's where it would have been really dangerous for her to slide into like you know the urkel syndrome where she does her funny shtick, right. and they're like, oh, that's funny. People laugh. Do that again. Do it more. And then each season, she becomes louder and more brash and more right. New York. But she doesn't. She's a nuanced person. And so what? that's what allows this to work. If she had become a caricature and she became more and more um, of those qualities and Mary became more and more of the good girl, the relationship never would have worked. It would have been an impossible friendship. And it right. would have felt like... I was going to drop some names about shows I don't like, but there's no need to be mean. Um, <laughs> well, they, the writers, the writers understand that friendship, so they yeah. they consistently had them balance each other out. Yeah, um, and they also, I think, do a good job of you know if you watch an episode where you might be thinking like, oh, you know. As the viewer, you're thinking like, oh, I don't really like, I don't like what Rhoda just did in this episode. You better believe by the end, you like her again or, or they true. work it out. Like, yes. you, there's, there's been some episodes where I've been rewatching a lot of them lately. And there's some episodes where I'm like, oh, like I roll at Mary, right? Yeah. And I know I'm mm-hmm. kind of eye rolling it myself, but like I roll it <laughs> like, oh, gug. Like, you know, but, but then you, what they do with the relationship with her and Rhoda is then they bring it back around so that it doesn't, like you said, it doesn't get to be a caricature. So Mary's yeah. kind of good girliness. Yes. That's something that we all attribute to her and we know that that's her character, but it never gets to the point where you dislike her for it. And yeah. same with Rhoda. Mm-hmm. Like they just keep, they keep writing for them where they're balanced. They're balanced. They have an arc. They're allowed to grow in their characters. Yes. And that's the nuance that I talk about. And, um, there's a great article in Jezebel where this is the perfect summation of Rhoda, I think. They said she, Valerie Harper, they're talking about, she didn't play Rhoda like a loser. She played Rhoda like someone being honest about feeling adrift at 32, uninterested in settling, yet scared of what happens to women too stubborn to smile while accepting less. Amen. Right? Mm-hmm. Yes. That is the that is the nuance that I'm talking about. They let these two women be more than just one thing. Mm-hmm. You guys... um, I think Georgette says it best, though. There's an episode called The Best of Enemies where Mary and Rhoda are in a big fight and they don't speak to each other for five days. And Georgette is, she is despondent that they're fighting. So she goes to dinner at Rhoda's house and she sits down. And what she says to Rhoda, I think, um, really um, defines why Mary and Rhoda are such good friends. Here's what Georgette says. That is the two halves of a whole, the, mm-hmm. you know, the two yes. different sides the of the little same rivers coin. meeting into the big one. Yes, totally. And they need mm-hmm. all of those traits together. You have to be the good girl and you have to be the rule breaker together because sometimes you need both of those things. Here we are, three friends. Some of us are the Mary. Some of us are the Rhoda. Can you have two Marys and a Rhoda or two Rhodas and a Mary? I don't know. Does somebody have to be the Phyllis? I'm not sure. <laughs> but... We are going to discuss who we are. And there are no wrong answers here. Only the kaleidoscope of interpretations we have of ourselves and others. Because the way we identify this reveals what we pay attention to in ourselves and others. So Romy and Michelle were focused on cuteness. Lena Dunham's mom was focused on headwear. Who are we? Michelle, who are you? So when I make a distinction between a Mary and a Rhoda... I rely um, and focus completely on their personalities and the qualities they possess. So with that being said, I am definitely, without question, 100% a Mary. (laughs) (laughs) I have always been labeled the good girl my whole life and many times to my detriment and often causing a lot of feelings of shame and doubt, which is sadly weird, but true. Like you did it wrong. You did something wrong. Like I have to apologize for making good choices oh. um, and feeling feeling um, embarrassed 
to make the right choices a lot and feeling embarrassed to be the one who follows the rules and, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, with I'm a huge, huge rule follower. Um, I hate conflict. Um, I'd rather not make decisions or be in charge. Um, I like I would run for vice president or secretary always. <laughs> I wanted to be like I wanted to be on the, you know, the class like, you know, school board or whatever, but I didn't want to be president. I would want to be like secretary. Um, I'm very emotional. And when I have to confront others or authority, basically, um, I'll just start to cry if I'm put in a position <laughs> where, where it makes me feel uncomfortable. Um, and I hate that. I hate that. Like I can feel it in the back of my throat closing and I'm like, oh, damn you. Um, if I tell a lie, it will eat away at me until I either come clean or I'll just go cry about it. Oh, God. Um, oh. I'm a people pleaser, and I care way too much about what others think about me. But as I've gotten older, I'm happy to say I've stopped giving a shit about that. So, oh, good. Yay I'm me. glad to hear that. Um, I don't know when to stop talking. I overshare as if I'm vomiting words, <laughs> and I can't stop it. Uh, I'm super enthusiastic, um, overly enthusiastic. I'm easily excited. Um, I wear my emotions on my sleeve. Um, you know, things are usually black and white. And not great. Like, uh, that's the most fantastic thing I've ever yeah. seen. Or, you know, I get very excited. Um, and for most of my life, you guys, I, for most of my life, really until, um, very recently, I've been the peacekeeper, like the peacekeeper mm -hmm. of my family. Um, and again, until I've gotten older and, you know, stopped really giving a shit about <laughs> and setting love boundaries. Being old. It's yeah. so yeah. awesome. <laughs> Learning how to set boundaries and, um, mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. So yeah, that's, that's why I'm the Mary. Like I said, I, I focus on more of the inner qualities. I think it's I don't so, want to do anything wrong. I don't yeah. want to do anything wrong. Whereas Rhoda, of course, does not care if she does anything wrong. Or She's does she? She's going to do not what always. she wants to do. Yeah. She? Or good point, Carolyn. Or mm -hmm. does she? So the way we view ourselves and the way other people see us, I'm, this is what I'm fascinated by. Because oftentimes people um, have different views of you from the outside. And so... There is something very psychological to this when I, well, obviously, when I was assigning the two of you, um, I want you to do the definition of Mary. I want you to do the definition of Rhoda. I thought I was doing it randomly, but I was not doing it randomly. I was giving people assignments based on who I thought they aligned with most. And so I gave Michelle Rhoda <laughs> and I gave Carolyn Mary and, um, so all of the things that you said, Michelle, are true. All of that is absolutely true. And yet you have an outward personality that has some self-deprecating humor, that drops the one-liner, right, like that. And, well, and maybe that could be your rodaness. That's nice. I'd like to think I have a little Rhoda in me because I love Rhoda. Yeah. But I always see, like, especially when I watch the show, I mean you know, almost the whole time, everything Mary does, I'm like, yep, yep. <laughs> even the way she treats with her parents and the, the situations she gets into because she didn't set boundaries mm -hmm. or because she couldn't say no, or, you know, um, she goes in, if she, if she tells a lie, she's crying about it to, you know, Mr. Grant. Okay. So the episode I was talking about earlier, real quick, where they get in the big fight, do you guys remember the reason they get in the big fight? No, I can't remember. They, the reason they get in the big fight is because Rhoda tells the whole office that Mary lied on her job application oh, and said she was a yes. college graduate yeah. where she only went to college for two years. Yeah. And Mary's mortified that she told that lie. And she doesn't want, she's like, Rhoda, stop saying that. Well, she tells Murray, she tells Ted then, and they're laughing and Mary is dying. Then out comes Mr. Grant. And he's like, what's all this? You know, what's going on? And Rhoda, she's like, don't tell him. And Rhoda immediately tells Mr. Grant that Mary lied on her job application, to which he just laughs. Mary is horrified that they know she lied. Because you don't do and that. You don't no, do she that. Can't, she almost yeah. can't. Like, And they're all telling her, it's okay. Like, we love you. Like, you're not going to get fired. We love you. And she's so, and then Rhoda's laughing about it. She's laughing because of how upset Mary's getting. And I'm just so Mary in that situation because then Mary realizes she shouldn't have made such a big deal, but it was so, that, that really was hurtful to her to be called out on a lie because that's something that's so not Mary. Yeah. And in fact, the first thing Mr. Grant says to her is that, oh, now that I know you did that, I like you so much better. Yeah. 
that I know you 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 could you know you have that in you. But Mary doesn't care. She's it doesn't so, help her. That doesn't she's help so her. uncomfortable yeah. and she's so awful. And then to turn and see Rhoda laughing, well, just about don't it. lie. Not Mary. only did Rhoda tell if Mary everybody had lied to begin <laughs> with, so we wouldn't have an issue. Don't lie, Mary. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, but I see myself in that so much. Mm-hmm. That just that uncomfortableness that she's in the lie and now she's caught in the lie and they're all laughing at her for being uncomfortable. Like yeah. like laughing at her too for doing some for for being embarrassed that she was dishonest. She can't pull is, herself out of me. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, Carolyn, I have very strong <laughs> feelings about who you are. Very strong. And yet I know that you're going a different direction. So, but this is why this game is yes. so fun. So tell us who I, you are. I'm going to be interested to think, to see who you think you are too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> me too. Um, me too. <laughs> so I am a Rhoda with some Mary tendencies. So how does that sound? Um, I think that I was raised to kind of feel I should be a Mary. But man, when I saw Rhoda on Mary Tyler Moore's show, I just said, thank God there's somebody that's fun and colorful. And look at her apartment. I mean, my goodness. When I saw that apartment, that's what I wanted for myself. You know, the clothes weren't all put away. Her bed was also her couch. (laughs) She could live out that little refrigerator. There were beads hanging. It was just colorful. And Mary's was so... It almost gave me anxiety just looking at Mary's apartment because I thought that just I love Mary's cannot apartment. be me. You're kind of blowing my mind right now, Carolyn, because yeah. this shows this shows a misconception about you. Because you're saying that the clothes everywhere and the craziness of her apartment was something that you craved, whereas in my mind, I have you craving order. Well, no. I mean, I probably need some order because of how chaotic everything is. So to be kind of productive and stuff, I probably um, Mm -hmm. need order, but it's certainly not my natural tendency. And it's certainly um, to see that Rhoda could be fun. And, you know, I know we mentioned looks before, but I just always thought she was cooler and looked more fun. She was just like, put together like yeah i'm gonna throw this scarf on and um so that always and that's what you wanted to be you wanted to do that you wanted to throw that scarf on your head otherwise you know everything would have to be orderly and i'd have to know what i was going to wear the night before no i just want to have that cute scarf that goes with anything that i can wrap around my head because i forgot to take a shower and i got up late and now i can't wash my hair so i need to run out the door blowing my mind this is so interesting to me and I for sure like Rhoda's look and wardrobe yeah. way more than I like Mary's. Yeah. But if I'm looking, I just kept focusing on inner yeah. things, which is so funny because I would have thought Carolyn was a Mary until a couple of weeks ago. She, when we were talking about the, planning this episode mm-hmm. and she said out loud that she was a Rhoda. That's how I was like, oh, I guess she thinks she's a Rhoda. Okay. But because Carolyn, we've talked a lot and shared how we're such rule followers and yeah. how dishonesty, especially everything surrounding the pandemic, how it's driving us mad, the people that aren't following the rules. There are rules for a reason. Stay in your home, away from other people, wear your masks, you know, and, and, and how you crave you. And when I say order, I'm not talking about, um, like your closet or your kitchen. I mean, order in your life. Like you want things, you you know, to be imposed on me. I cannot create it myself. So if you, Oh, that's ah, interesting. Yeah, interesting. Okay. Need, there you go. Um, yeah, I don't have that ability. And that was kind of fun to see that you could grow up and be an adult and have a job and have friends and not have order. Like, okay, this, my mom needs to it's really. It's your choice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, um, mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. both have a place. I mean, honestly, when you really think, yeah. think about that show, that's what it, I mean, there are times when your life does need order. You can't just fly by the seat mm-hmm. of your pants day in and day out or you, you know, that you're not going to get anywhere. But to know that you could, mm-hmm. um, not try to hide that. Like that could be um, something that you could maybe be proud of. Like I felt seen um, to an extent. You could be a legit adult and not hang your clothes Yes. Well, and thank goodness that they didn't, like going back to what you were talking about earlier, Kristen, thank goodness they didn't make her a caricature because people like, you know, teenage girls like Carolyn might've looked at that then and thought, well, that's (gasps) goofy and she's being poked fun of. But I can now look at a Rhoda and that can be something I want to aspire to because right. <laughs> she can be impulsive and she can say what she means without giving a shit about, you know, worrying about what other people think. And Carolyn, you could look at that as, that's cool. And look, she's she's got great friends and she's, you know, she's not being, we're not meant to dislike her. Right. Yeah. And this is one instance too where I think um, 
a person's looks do speak to something. You're not judging somebody as pretty or not pretty, but I think Rhoda's look spoke to a lot of people because it spoke to freedom and being whimsical and artistic and not really caring about what other people thought, right? Like Mary has her professional outfit and I love Mary's wardrobe. I really do. Um, I would wear that today. I would wear all of that stuff today if I could fit into an A cup, but, um, well, like a size minus zero. Oh my God. (laughs) Seriously. But Rhoda was flamboyant. This Mm -hmm. is where boho chic came from. Right. And that sends a completely different message of what kind of a person you are. It doesn't mean you're Mm -hmm. not professional, but it means you might be professional in a different sense. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a really important conversation. We really do want to put those scarves on our heads. Mm-hmm. It and is where the, um, cro- I'm making myself a crochet uh, vest, you guys. Oh, God, I want it. I have a whole box of crocheted little granny squares that I don't know what to do with. Um, and so I'm just going to stitch them all together. Yes, share, share the crochet. As I was preparing for today, I was doing so, um, I was doing things that I didn't even realize that I was doing. It revealed who I identified with, even though I might say out of my mouth, I identify with this person. The way I was researching revealed another. Um, it's also sneaky. I mean, these two women are in our heads. It's crazy. But I want to hear what you guys think. I want to see if it lines up with what I, what I was doing with my research, if I'm a Mary or the Rhoda. Well, I'm going to tell you that in our relationship, you are a Mary. <laughs> You have some rota tendencies, but um, mm-hmm. I think that's one of the reasons that I love you so much. It's like, I mm-hmm. don't have to worry about crossing my T's and dotting my I's when I'm with Kristen. Like, she's, she's going to do that. Mary's going to do that. So, yeah. So, I feel <laughs> like I could be freer, really, with both of you, that it's it's all going to get taken care of. I can I can let my rota flag, sh- you know, fly, and um, mm-hmm. you're going to you're gonna have my back. And so... You are married to me. I mean, I love your Rhoda-esque things that you do, but, um, oh, yeah. I yes. do have your back. And I know that, but I just so, know that um, no detail is going to be left, um, you know, to forgotten or whatever. That's why I think this podcast. So that's, that's based on, this is so interesting because that's based on who yes. you are as well. You view me a certain way yes. because of how you view yourself. Mm. Again, we're coming back to the two sides of the mm-hmm. same coin argument. So I see okay, you, Kristen, as being almost a perfect blend of Mary Rhoda. I wish I could say you're mm. a Rary. You're a um, yes. Rhoda. I <laughs> see you, a Moda I see the you other day. if I'm going on Moda. inner qualities and, and characteristics. Like mm-hmm. I just like I. I'm going to interrupt you for just a second. I see you as being um, yeah. because this is because you can't make a decision. I was going to do that same thing too, and I thought no. She <laughs> said, "Which am I?" And so I thought I'm going to say it. But no, you're going to do your Rhoda ish, your Mary ish. Uh, yes. Yeah, so I just want to go on the record. It's because <laughs> right. I don't you want don't to want to make a decision. I don't want to answer the question, Mary. Because, and you know why too? You know why? You know, I'll, I'll be completely honest with you guys yeah. and to um, our listeners. It's because I don't want to be wrong. <laughs> yeah. No, there's that no wrong matter. answer. Okay, I know you no said that, answer. but um, there's always yeah. a wrong answer. Um, okay, there's no wrong answer. I see Kristen as being quality-wise more of a Mary, but physical um, and exterior. Definitely a Rhoda. You're so like free spirit. You've got like the the great fun curly hair. You've got like the super groovy clothes that you wear. You drive the coolest cars. Your house is decorated oh so cool. Like like I would I want to come like just drive in you know ride in your cars and hang out in your house <laughs> and and listen to your cool record collection and wear your bell bottoms and your cool like I do fringe. have a cool record and you have collection. cool clothes and yeah I do have like, a lot of bell bottoms really cool like kind of like that almost yeah. like that really. Um, Put together hippie yeah, vibe. Like the hip hugger. So you I can see wear, like, Rhoda for that. With a belt. That's where I'm most comfortable. I am but most comfortable I, in the hippie vibe. And I also vibe. see your vibe as Rhoda and just the fact that things like you had a prom for your 40th, was it your 40th mm-hmm. or 50th? That, it was my 40th. That prom was Prom for your fun. 40th birthday. And you just yeah. do like these really fun kind of outrageous things. But then I also yeah. see you quality wise as being, um, a Mary in the way that I feel like also you um, are a rule follower. You like to, you know, you follow rules and you're like, like Mm -hmm. Carolyn said, you're going to dot your I's and cross your T's and you're going to make sure everything is just right. You're perfectionist. Um, Mm -hmm. So quality wise, I see you being more of a Mary, but I also still see, I feel like you could be impulsive, 
more impulsive mm-hmm. than like I could be. Um, so I see, so I do see some Rhoda qualities in you too, but as far as physicalities go, I see you as a Rhoda. That's really, this is so, so let's interesting. Hear it. We should play this game every day. We should play this game every day. I, I, I think Carolyn, when you made up this moniker, I, I was like, yeah, this is it. I think <laughs> I am the Moda. Um, for all, I think I agree with everything that you guys have said. And the clothing thing is very interesting because I, I am, I don't like saying nothing with what I'm wearing. Now that doesn't mean that I don't look like a slob because I also am very committed to comfort. I'm very committed to it. And I will go so far as to like wear my slippers to the grocery store or um, I used to wear my bathrobe to the bus stop just as a precedent. I wanted to set a precedent with people like this is what you can expect of me and also to give them permission to also wear their bathrobes at the bus stop. I would rather look stupid than boring. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't look boring. I certainly look boring. But um, yeah, I feel most comfortable in clothes that say something about me. But you're like free spirited oh. too. And I mean, one is because yeah. you have the hair to be able to do this, but you'll, you'll still wear like dog ears, <laughs> you know, or whatever you call them. Side, what do you call them? They're dog ears to me. If you guys know the, that. We call them high ponies. Yeah, but you'll Those do it like, too, like you'll still, yeah. like you'll still do cool stuff like that. Like you're more free spirited, um, than I think a Mary is as far as, yeah, physical. Yeah. I don't worry too much about anybody judging me. And I don't know if that's age. No, I take it back. That's not, I had the same um, lack of confidence as anybody else did, but I think I have always sort of been in a bubble a little bit and I don't care what people think. And my husband is mortified (laughs) a lot of the time because if it's raining out and I have nothing but a bread bag, I'm going to put the bread bag on my head because I don't want to get wet. I just don't care. But, um, there, you know, I'm the one who um, has to have all our naughty words cut out of the podcast. But at the same time, I call them naughty words, like I'm a kindergartner or something like that. You're right, I'm a perfectionist, but I also have very good enough tendencies to, particularly with sort of domestic duties, like don't come to my house for book club because you will be disappointed. I'm just not putting my energy there at all. Um, the rules are very important to me, as you guys know, because this is how civilized people do it. But I will go out of my way to break the rules if I think you're clinging to them for no reason or if they support the patriarchy. Mm-hmm. I tried to take my husband's name. I tried. It didn't work. So there there are some rules that either I just can't abide by. I just can't do it. I'm a cynic with a sunny <laughs> disposition, which um, can make uh, living in certain places really difficult for me. Um, living in New England was not a great fit and it was my merry tendencies that drove people crazy. They did not like me around. (laughs) I'm like, will you people just smile Mm -hmm. for God's sake? Just put a smile on your face. They were really annoyed by me. So Mary, the thing about Mary that I most identify with is she is the quintessential Minnesota nice. And I am... I don't care what people say about Minnesota nice. I don't care how many times people try to make it into a negative thing. It is an important part of who I am. It is really important to me to be polite to people and to be respectful Mm -hmm. to people. And when I live in places where that's not a value, I really, really struggle. I really scratch my eyeballs out. Um, But there have been times where um, I have been called a Mary often, but rarely has been used as a compliment. It's been used against me, actually. See, I'm telling you, I grew up, that's what I was saying. Mm-hmm. I I've, I would say way more often than not have felt ashamed of being, of having the good girl yeah. label. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People will throw that in my face. And most of the people who are using it against me are Rhodas, which I find very interesting. Like, uh, for instance, I was arriving at my job one morning. This is one of my very first professional jobs. And I arrive and I walk in and I say good morning to everybody. And I hear somebody around the corner saying, oh, she's perky today. (sighs) And that was the first time that I knew that about myself. I didn't know that I was perky. And I also knew that that person didn't appreciate it. They didn't like that. Um, but oftentimes the Mary thing being hurled at me too is, uh, assumptions of your life is perfect and mm-hmm. you get everything that you want. And of course, nobody knows the mm-hmm. whole story, mm-hmm. right? And most of the time that that happens, and this is Mary and Rhoda, this is Mary and Rhoda's relationship right here. Most of the time that happens, 
our lives are very much the same, right? Mary and Rhoda had, um, they were the same age. Rhoda even made more money. Mary was as unlucky in love as Rhoda was, but Mary was happy with her life and Rhoda was Mm -hmm. not. And so when people hurl that at me as your life is perfect and you get everything you want, I'm like, I have the same exact thing as you. It's just that I'm happy about it and you're not. You know what? In that episode, that um, that Best of Enemies one, um, I think mm-hmm. it's that episode, uh, Mr. Grant comes over. So they're, Rhoda and Mary still aren't talking. So um, Mr. Grant comes over for dinner. You know how Rhoda's always over at Mary's for dinner? Mr. Grant comes over mm-hmm. instead. Right. And she starts crying and he's like, oh, okay, I'm just going to let you cry. You let me know when you're done because it makes him uncomfortable. <laughs> so she goes in her kitchen and she like turns toward the sink and he like, he, he takes the coffee over to the couch and then he asks her to close, you know, she has that cool sliding like yeah. stained glass window thing. He asks her to close it because he can't stand watching her cry. <laughs> so she comes out and they're talking about the fight and she actually says something like that, Kristen. She says, she's, she's kind of crying and she says, her big problems can't be big problems. Things that bother her can't be big. They they can't they can't be big problems. Like things like people will say to her, like if she says if she's worried about how she looks, people will say, "Oh, you're so skinny," or you know. And she's actually saying all this to Mr. Grant, like, yeah. And it kind of goes to what you were just saying. I mean, she no one knows how she's feeling, and so she can't have she she's just tired of not being able to like be perceived as someone who can have problems. She really does. She's not allowed Mm -hmm. to have problems. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that is exactly right. And it's almost as if the act of being happy with your life is the thing that drives people crazy. Mm -hmm. It may not actually be that the, oh, you're so skinny or you have a perfect life or whatever. It's that she's happy. Mm -hmm. And that's because people are unhappy. Right. Yep. And then I think there's also the piece of, that she's almost saying it's um, it's expected that she's, it's a job to try to feel or act like you're happy all the time, especially when, you know, mm-hmm. you don't feel that way. Um, and I think that that's yeah. part of what she had to deal with as well. That takes a lot of energy. And so Mary, may, maybe Mary was hiding behind her perkiness and Rhoda was hiding behind yes. her humor. Mm-hmm. I think we just nailed it, you guys. Okay, so we, so we are obviously, oh, and by the way, when I was researching, I realized I was only doing research on Rhoda. And I had to stop myself and go, Kristen, this is not a show about Rhoda. What are you doing? But that just told me, without me identifying it myself, that I clearly identify mm-hmm. with Rhoda. And don't that you she's think, my gal. And we but can, I love Mary, we can too. We cut this I out if her. we want to. But just as we've been talking through this and hearing ourselves kind of think who we are and who the other is. Mm-hmm. Are, were they not two, kind of like the tributary things or whatever, the river? They they really were one woman. I mean, if you think about their... And, yes. Um, yes. And it's that inside our brains where we struggle and, you know, have these two parts that are, oh, you need to look happy and be happy. and No, I'm going to be self-deprecating or whatever. It's this, it was really one oneself, but they took the two characters to explain those two parts you know what they did, Carolyn? And that gave us so much to identify with. They completed yeah, each other. Yeah, they did. But they, they were, yes. Like those two people would not exist yeah. separately in the in, in real no. reality. No, mm-hmm. I'm telling you, Georgette, exactly what you said. Like Georgette yes. says, it takes right. the Monongahela River and the yeah, Allegheny River. And right. they're two tiny mm-hmm. rivers. But when they meet, they form the mighty Ohio River together. And so that's why here we are 50 years later talking about them as a duo. This is why we're talking about their friendship 50 years later, because they, as two people, were able to identify or help us identify the many different aspects of yes. ourselves. They are us. Oh, my. So serious. Okay, let's lighten things up a bit with a game. Let's see how well you guys know your alter egos. Mary Richards and Rhoda Morgenstern. I'm going to make a statement about either Mary or Rhoda that comes directly from an episode, but I'm not going to tell you who it is. And this is newlywed game rules. You're going to hold up your card that tells me if you think it's Mary or if it's Rhoda. Okay. Are okay. you guys ready? Right. Yes. Okay. Yes. Let's begin our game. This person's parents are Martin and Ida. I held up the wrong one. Oh, you got <laughs> Carolyn says Rhoda. Michelle started to say Mary. She changed her mind and said Rhoda. The answer is Rhoda. Ding, 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 Yay. ding. Okay. okay, number two. 
This person dates Arnie, an exterminator who wanted her to lend him money until termite season. <laughs> Carolyn is very hesitantly saying Mary. I don't Michelle know doesn't want to get it wrong. Her oh. Mary, her Mary oh, tendencies will not anyway? let her be Mary. Will not let her be wrong. Okay. Well, yeah, you I, have to guess. I have zero ideas, so I'll just split the difference and I'll say Rhoda, so that the answer is Rhoda. Oh, oh, good Michelle's job. got that one. Mm-hmm. This person dates a short man who she accidentally calls Eric Shrimp. Michelle says Mary. Carolyn says Rhoda. The answer is Mary. Oh. I guess so. I would say something like Eric Shrimp. That is such foot in mouth that I have that problem. See, that's your Mary side. That's your Mary side coming up. Her apartment's color scheme is purple and pink. Carolyn says Rhoda. Michelle says Rhoda. You're both right. It's Rhoda. Ding, 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 ding. This person is snarky to First Lady Betty Ford on the phone. I don't know this answer, and this goes against this person, but I think it's the only person that would be talking to Betty Ford on the phone. Yes, okay, I, you oh, guys. sorry, Carolyn, I'm over-explaining my answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you guys are showing me how well you know your characters, because I think the obvious answer would be Rhoda, but in truth, it is Mary. And so yes. you were able to take those twists and turns and get to the place where it was Mary. Good for you. Ding, 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 ding. Okay, this person is hospitalized for an operation to remove one tonsil. She wears a really shorty nightgown. Okay, Michelle says Rhoda. Carolyn says Mary. The answer is Mary. Remember, she's, she's in bed next to the super surly woman who's like, ah, she's perky. It's just like the woman at work who said I was perky. <laughs> I don't remember that one, but I do uh, did just watch an episode where Mary's in a super shorty nightgown where you can see like her panties underneath. They're yes. like the little panty covers. Yes. You guys, I was shocked that they had her in that in like 1971 or something. It's the same nighty in this episode. Oh, okay. It's, it's the shocking. same one. Yeah, yeah it is shocking. called like baby doll pajamas yes. or yeah, something? Yeah, baby doll. Yes. Mm-hmm. You can see her little um, ruffle bloomers under, but they're like panties. Her yeah. bloomers. Okay, this person works with Georgette. Michelle says Rhoda. Carolyn says Mary, but she's making a crying face. <laughs> the answer is Rhoda. Georgette yeah. works at, is it when she works at Bloomfields? It's not Hempel's yet. Yeah, I, think, I so. think it's at Bloomfields. Okay. Um, this person thinks of her car as a big purse on wheels. Michelle says Rhoda. Carolyn says Mary, but she's making another crying face. <laughs> well, I didn't think Rhoda had a car. But then she would say that hers was a purse on wheels because it probably was messy and had a bunch of crap in it, like my purse. But see, it's it kind of hard because I don't. I'm not 100 percent positive, but there's an episode where she, um, her car's in, and they treat their cars different. She does have a car because they're yes, that's right. And then because Mary's car is getting detailed, yeah. And then and Rhoda's is in, but they like um, and it's you guys. You know who it is? It's Craig T. Nelson is one of the mechanics, and he's so young. He's like twenty two or something. He's so cute. cute. Anyway, they they give Rhoda a lot of crap about the state of her car. So I'm assuming I don't remember that line, but it is. It's Rhoda. Okay, tells this person tells Phyllis. I think you're a lousy mother. Both of them said Rhoda. The answer is Mary. So you can imagine what a shocking episode this must have been. Here's your last question, you guys, and it's appropriate based on giving me the key. Who lives in apartment D at 119 North Weatherly? Michelle says Rhoda. Carolyn says Mary. And she's hiding her face because she doesn't want me to see her crying face. The answer is Mary. I think Rhoda's apartment G. Isn't it apartment G? And, of course, we know it as Kenwood Parkway because that's where the house actually is. There is no North Weatherly in Minneapolis. Good job, job. you guys. I didn't keep track, so you're both winners. Yay! Okay, so the character that we identify with will also lead us to enjoy the show in a different way. So do you guys have any favorite moments, Mary and Rhoda moments from the show? And I'm guessing that the moments that you choose will reveal some more about who you are. So Carolyn, Carolyn, what is your, do you have a favorite Mary and Rhoda moment? uh, My moment comes from uh, the episode, it was episode six, it was in season three, and it's called Rhoda the Beautiful. And in this episode, Rhoda has recently lost 20 pounds, and she's actually struggling to see herself in a positive way as beautiful and kind of honoring the fact that she's lost this weight. And uh, her department store where she works is having a beauty contest, and they've actually chosen her to be a participant in it. And she's a little hesitant to do it. Mary encourages her to do it. Um, so she enter- er, enters the contest. My moment comes at the very last scene of the episode. Um, 
Rhoda has come back after the contest, after the beauty contest, and Mary and Phyllis are together in the apartment, and she tells them she got third place. She didn't get first place. She didn't get last place. She was right in the middle, and they're all happy for her. Like, the middle's a great place to be. That's good. Yay, yay. Cloris leaves, uh, or Phyllis leaves, um, and then Mary says, let's sit and chat. And Rhoda says, no, I think um, I'm, I'm tired. I'm going to go up to bed. And so I'm going to go ahead and go say goodnight. So she's walking out the door saying goodnight. And right when she's past the threshold of the door, she turns around and she's like, Mary. Okay. I wasn't going to tell anybody this, but now I've decided to, I want to. I did not come in third. I won. You. You won. Wild. There was usually a part of me that was glad I'd taken the risk and that, you know, 
I got a little wild and I did things that I wouldn't have done because I think I was just, there was always a part of me that was glad that I had friends that pushed me to step out of my comfort zone every once in a while. And you couldn't do it by yourself. You needed a Rhoda to pull you along. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I love any episode with Rhoda's mother, Ida, in it. I love it because it shows how hard Mary has to work to support her friend, to support Rhoda, while also maintaining her Minnesota nice standards. You must be polite. You must be respectful to your elders. But she's wholly and completely unfamiliar with this family dynamic. It Mary swimming in the soup of Rhoda and Ida is like watching a fish trying to walk on land, right? Like she, this is not how she behaves with her parents. So my episode is Support Your Local Mother, season one. I think it's episode three. I'm not sure. Ida comes to visit, but Rhoda refuses to see her because every time Ida comes, she brings these extravagant gifts that she can't afford and she smothers her with this very guilt-ridden motherly love and Mary has to be the go-between. So first she allows Ida to stay in her apartment because Rhoda won't allow her upstairs. Um, And remember, Mary has just the (laughs) pull-out couch. Um, And then Mary is running back and forth between the apartments, trying to be the bridge. So this gives us an opportunity to hang out in Rhoda's apartment for a while, right? Which is just like... I just wanted, yes, we love Mary's apartment and I want Mary's apartment, but Rhoda's apartment. So it's all fuchsia walls and she's got the, the orange beanbag chair and she's got the beads in the doorway. And this first moment is such a quintessential Rhoda one liner. Mary walks in and she parts the beads and Rhoda says, what, you just barge in here without knocking on the beads? (laughs) I mean, it's just so quintessential Rhoda. Okay, so Rhoda has to explain to Mary the difference between, because Mary's like, why won't you see your mother? I don't understand. I would never do that to my mother. Rhoda has to explain to her the difference between Mary's Midwestern love and Bronx love. So Mary has brought the present that Ida brought upstairs to Rhoda, and Rhoda says, read the cod. And so Mary takes the card out, and it says, no one will ever love you as much as I do. And Mary says, oh, that's lovely. And then Rhoda has the split second of physical comedy that is just gold, where she just like drops her her face into her hands and like whips her head around. It's just a split second, but it tells you everything that Rhoda is thinking. And then she says to Rhoda, to the naked eye, it's lovely. But think about it. I'm 30 years old. No matter where I go or who I meet or how long I may live, no one will ever love me as much as she does. That's not a card. That's a curse. (laughs) It's and that's when Mary starts to go, oh, oh, I start to understand. Thank you, Mary and Rhoda, for watching over us. And thank you for showing us how two such different people can be the perfect Galentines. Happy Galentine's Day, you guys. Happy Galentine's Day. Happy Galentine's Day. Day. And shameless plug alert, one great way to celebrate Galentine's Day is to share this episode with your special Galentines. Also, liking, subscribing, and reviewing our podcast will tweak that algorithm and help more Galentines find us. For more information, um, find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and our website at poppreservationists.com. And please join us next time when we will be preserving our favorite book about incest flowers in the attic. In the meantime, please raise your glasses for a toast, courtesy of Janet, Chrissy, and Jack Tripper. Two good times. Two happy days. Two little house on the prairie. Cheers. 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 Thanks, everybody. Information, opinions, and comments expressed on the Pop Culture Preservation Society podcast belong solely to me, the Crushologist, and Carolyn and Hello Newman, and are in no way representative of our employers or affiliates. And though we truly believe we are always right, I guess there's always a first time. The PCPS is written, produced, and recorded at Modern Well, a woman-centered co-working space in Minneapolis, Minnesota, home of the fictional WJM Studios and our beloved Mary Richards. Nanu Nanu, keep on trucking, and may the force be with you. We get a happy feeling when we're singing a song. Okay, so um, I need to, I want to bring this episode to a close by by sort of describing some kismet about how this episode came to be. I was having a lot of difficulty conceptualizing how this was going to go. There's just, it wasn't coming to me. There's just so much to talk about it. Where was I going to begin? And I just... I just didn't know what to do. And one night, I just had a horrible night's sleep. 
I was having these weird dreams. I was up and down. I couldn't sleep. And then I was having weird dreams. And I was dreaming about Mary and Rhoda all night long. And then when I did sleep, the outline for this episode downloaded into my brain. And I had to run, find a notebook, and I'm scribbling down notes in the dark. I had, And I would like put two lines on each page to make sure I wasn't writing over the same line over and over again because it's pitch black. And I had to quickly write because this was coming to me. It was like literally downloading into my brain in my sleep. The next morning, I get a text from Carolyn. And it is the anniversary of an event that the two of us went to upon the death of Mary Tyler Moore. That night had been the anniversary of Mary Tyler Moore's death. And Carolyn sends me the video of the two of us in the crystal court of the IDS building, which is where Mary is coming up the escalator with this group of people in their berets. And we're all singing love is all around. And then at the end of the song, we throw our berets in the air. And then later that day, Cloris Leachman dies. (laughs) I mean, it's just crazy. It's just crazy.